Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Pull up a stool and join us. 585-866-4FAN. 866-4326. The Sports Bar with Danger and Bataglia on the Sports Leader. 95.7 FM and AM 950, The Fan, Rochester. You want to stop the run still, that remains the same, and then you want to affect the quarterback. Some games affecting the quarterback might be getting your hands up and tipping passes up. In some games it might be like sacks, like last week, just getting after somebody, a quarterback that holds the ball for a longer period of time or likes to push the ball down the field more. So, I mean, at the end of the day, you just got to find a way to do it when you're one on one to affect the quarterback in whichever way possible. Buffalo Bills defensive end Greg Rousseau on ways that the defense can affect Tua Tungabailoa. It's the Sports Bar with Danger and Bataglia as we look forward to Sunday's matchup between the Bills and the Dolphins. Talk more about it with News 8 Sports' Thad Brown, who's good to join us here in the Sports Bar. Thad, it sounds a lot easier than it probably is, but do you think the Buffalo Bills' defense, given what we've seen out of them, has what it takes to affect Tua and get him to go beyond that first read that he's been co- become very comfortable making? They absolutely have what it takes. You know, I think... You know, you talked to Greg Rousseau, one of the edge guys, and Leonard Floyd's been, you know, pretty good to start the year. Rousseau's been fine. But to me, it's the guys in the middle that I've been really, really impressed by. Daquan Jones and Ed Oliver are both playing at an incredibly high level. And, and you know what? Daquan doesn't get the, the, the love he probably deserves. I mean, you know, Oliver's the, the high draft pick, the first-round pick, just got the big contract. You know, and Jones came to Buffalo – not even seen as a guy who's, who's really a, a strong pass rusher. He was more of a, a run stopper, you know, kind of a dirty work kind of guy. And he does that very well, but he has proven to be one heck of a pass rusher as well. So when you've got an offense like Miami's where everything comes out quick, you would think that if uh, the defensive tackles being the guys closest to the ball at every snap would have the best shot to influence the quarterback and, and you know, kind of throw that offense off the rails. And, and the Bills and, and Jones and Oliver have two really, really good do- good guys to possibly make that happen. So, I mean, look, it, is it possible 100%? Will the Bills do it enough? You know, that's the big question. Yeah, Thad, I'm, I'm curious as to how Sean McDermott is going to play his safeties in this game. And I'm also a little concerned. Uh, you know, Micah Hyde did have the interception last week, but he's still working his way back. And Jordan Poyer, and you forget how, you know, they're up there in age. Your level of concern with the Bills' safeties going against this Miami speed especially for Poyer, the level of concern is incredibly high. And, and I have a, a ton of respect for Poyer. He's a, a heck of a player, you know, had a, a great career, still one of the better safeties in the league. But he has proven 
on multiple occasions already this young season to be an absolute liability when it comes to trying to make an open field tackle. I mean, he got run around by James Cook in a, in a preseason practice. Jalen Warren got around him, you know, in, in the Pittsburgh preseason game. Brees Hall burned him in the, in the opener. And even this past game, you know, there was a run, I think it was Brian Robinson. Now, this, this one, at least, there's a blocker involved, but he has not been able to, to be much of a match for, you know, the, the better guys in the league. And, and look, Jalen Warren, I respect his talent, but I don't think anybody called him one of the better guys in the league. So when you think about what Devon Achan or Raheem Mostert or even Salvin Ahmed who might be able to do if they get loose in this game and it's, you know, Poyer on an island against them, that's a real problem for the Bills. And, and I think you could probably extrapolate that to, you know, Tyreek Hill or, or Jalen Waddle putting him in on an island. You know, Micah Hyde, I, I think, still has um, a lot of the same ability, but he hasn't been dealing with a hamstring injury the last two weeks. So, you know, those two guys back there um, are, are, I mean, safety is exactly the correct name for the position. You know, they're, they're the last line of defense. And, you know, if they're not going to be able to make plays, you know, the, the, them making a tackle is going to be the difference between a 20-yard play and a 70-yard touchdown. And in a game like this, you know, that might be the difference in a win and a loss. Thad, do you think that this is the week we see Kyer Elam knowing that he's a better press guy and that Sean McDermott hasn't really used him yet this year, hasn't gotten on the field yet this year? Do you think that might be, you know, the athleticism of a guy like Kyer Elam might be a better play or better matchup against the speed of Miami's offense? We've seen him this, t- this uh, week for the first time. See, the thing I always thought about Kyrie Elam is that I thought a guy like Tyreek Hill would be his worst possible matchup. That mm-hmm. a, a quick, fast, you know, receiver like that, that can, I thought he would really turn a guy like Elam inside out because Elam is, he's fast, but he, he's much more physical than anything else. And, you know, he's, he, the one reason Elam has not been active in the first three games, or one of the reasons, is that he's physical with his hands, but doesn't move his feet very well. And when you're going against a receiver like Hill or Jalen Waddell, whose release package is off the charts, if your feet are bad, you're just going to be a penalty waiting to happen. So now that being said, he's certainly a better size speed matchup than, you know, what the bills currently have in corner. Even, even Tredavious white, you know, can't match the physical profile that Elam has, but Christian Benford has been good. There's a, a lot of other reasons, like I said, why Elam has been not active at all. There's no way in the world he's going to start over Christian Benford in this game, in my opinion. Could he be active in favor of Dane Jackson just to provide that extra physical option? Wouldn't totally stun me, but uh, I, I think the Bills probably feel good about the guys they have, and I would imagine Elon would still be inactive this weekend. Yeah, one position where the Bills have gotten quicker is linebacker, and like you always have Milano as fast, but that going back to training camp and every time we've had you on we've been talking about the middle linebacker battle and now it seems kind of silly like Terrell Bernard is like through three games the real deal so my question is like it's a surprise to us did this even surprise the Bills coaching staff in your opinion uh of course it did because if they thought Terrell Bernard would be this good there wouldn't have been a position battle and and I think the full you know you, you continue to move that logic forward and we probably should pump the brakes on Terrell Bernard. He had a heck of a week, um, you know, and, and the interception was a smart play. Um, you know, he had two sacks, but one of them was a, a sack where the quarterback kind of scrambled into him, although he did blow up a, a, a pulling tight end on the play. That was impressive. And even the, the other sack that he had was a play where, you know, Matt Milano does the dirty work to open up the lane for him. And then I think it's, it's more great scheme by Sean McDermott, frankly, than it is Terrell Bernard making an impression 
any sort of incredible individual play because you, you take your two fast linebackers, you run them up the same gap, and when the first guy gets picked up, the second guy's just got a wide open lane. It makes for an easy sack. You know, if they had reversed the order, it probably works out just about the same. So, now don't get me wrong. I don't want to besmirch what Bernard has done. He's been, you know, as good as you possibly could have hoped for him, and, you know, certainly a whole lot better with the production he had in this last game. But it's only three games, you know, and with any young guy, um, offensive coordinators are going to start looking at what, what things you can exploit, where you can get him. And, you know, when teams start making adjustments, and, and generally the rule of thumb in the NFL is, you know, when you're getting ready for a game, you look at the last four games of tape. So we're still in week four with this kid. You know, next week and the week after, that's when teams will start, you know, having an idea of where you might be able to beat them and, and you know, make those changes about how to attack the Bills defense with Bernard. Then we'll get a little better read on, on where he's at as a linebacker. But, you know, like I said, through three games, man, everything and more the Bills could hope for. And it's funny, you know, Thad, if you look at Tua's stats from last year, the first three games, they're almost identical to his stats this year, the first three games. And I think that Bills defense did kind of unlock uh, a little bit of, of, you know, got Tua off of his groove a little bit when they met early last year. Let's see if that happens again defensively for the Bills here coming up on Sunday as we continue with Thad Brown from News 8 Sports joining us here in the sports bar. Let's flip to the other side of the field and the Bills offense that more impressive than any anything to me has been the offensive line the last two weeks. They've completely erased the threat of any sort of pass rush against their opponent. Do you expect that they will have the same kind of success here against Miami's pass rush on Sunday? I think they can, you know, and I think uh, uh, two things are happening. Number one, you know, both guards have been pretty good, whereas both guards last year were, you know, pretty questionable. Um, I think Osiris Torrance has been solid as a rookie. You know, I think there are ups and downs with him, but nothing that you wouldn't expect from a guy who's made, you know, three career starts now. The big story to me so far, I think, is Connor McGovern, and, and he had just a superb game against Washington, dealing with a guy like Jonathan Allen, you know, most of the way through. I tweeted a little something, a, a little analysis from Brandon Thorne, who does great, great work with offensive line stuff on Twitter, talking about how good a day that McGovern had. And just taking those two spots and kind of settling them down. You don't need stars at guard, but just give me guys that won't be a headache, that won't be, oh, that guy caused the problem again. Won't force your quarterback to run all the time. And I think you're doing okay. And the Bills, I think at minimum, have that so far. And the second thing that's been happening is that Ken Dorsey, the last two weeks, has done a really nice job scheming up stuff to keep defensive lines. And, and, you know, last week in the case of Max Crosby, you know, more occupied than usual. I mean, last week against the Raiders, they chipped Crosby so many times with tight ends and running backs and receivers. You could tell he's getting frustrated. There was a play where he lined up with a receiver to his outside. He kind of looked at it. You could see him almost like shrug his shoulders, like, okay, here we go again, and decided to go outside to, to kind of deal with it. And when you get a, a, a guy thinking more than just playing, you're already winning half the battle. They did the same thing with Washington. On the edges, they ran a lot of different blocking schemes, a lot of different styles of plays, you know, boots and draws and, and dart plays and, you know, all kinds of stuff to kind of keep those guys off balance. And then in the second half, the thing I really liked is that they mixed in some max protect stuff. So they, they had a couple pass plays where they blocked like eight on five and seven on four. And, you know, not only does that succeed in blocking the play, but I think it also does a good job about giving your offensive line a little bit of a breather. You know, when you go into a snap thinking, well, geez, I got both tight ends and a running back helping me this time. You know, I don't have to like feel like I'm on an Island against this 
former first round superstar guy across from me, I, I think it's got to help out mentally. So, you know, give the coordinator, you know, a good bit of, of the credit for how good that offensive line has been the last couple of weeks. That Brown news eight, our guest, if I had to rank here, like as far as uh, one through four dolphins, offense, dolphins, defense, bills, offense, bills, defense. Okay. You can make an argument for either offense being number one. What I would say would be last though, would be Miami's. It's not that they're a bad defense, but, but that this is a defense that the Josh Allen has had some success with. So I guess my question is, there's no Jalen Ramsey over there too, by the way. Do you let Josh be Josh normally, or is Sean McDermott kind of meeting with Ken Dorsey and say, hey, let's let's come up with a kind of a ball control, complementary football sort of game plan here? The funny thing about that side of the game is that Miami has a new defensive coordinator, Vic Fangio, yeah. who is like a 180 of what the Dolphins used to do. Remember, the Dolphins used to be the, the cover zero, we're going to come at you with 17 guys and our hair is on fire and you got to deal with it. And Fangio is the opposite. You know, like the, the stat that, uh, you know, Carl Jones in my department brought up that's a great number to think about is last year Miami ran the least cover two kind of conservative shell defensive coverages in the NFL. The last year Fangio was in the league with Denver, he ran the most. So that just tells you how, how much of a disparity there is in philosophy. So while the, the guys are the same, the, what they're doing is different. And with this build offense, there hasn't been a whole lot of quick strike this year. It's been a lot of 11, 13, 15 play drives. Well, Fangio's defense, that's what he wants you to do. He wants you to go dink and dunk down the field, and then he's going he's gonna to try and choke you in the red zone. So I think what the Bills have been doing is probably what they'll still be able to do because the defense will just let them do that. And then the, the question is, can they finish drives? You know, when they get down to the red zone, is it sixes or threes? You know, and, and but in terms of a game plan, I mean, I think the Bills just keep doing what they're doing because it's going to work against this defense. They're comfortable doing it, and it keeps that other offense off the field. So, you know, if you can go up, 35, 40 minutes of time of possession and, and move the ball like you've been doing, why not keep just going that way? Yeah, Thad, it's interesting that you bring that up because, you know, usually when a coordinator, a new coordinator comes in, you have to kind of look at the personnel that he's inheriting and whether or not it's a fit for the style of defense that they want to run. Do you get the sense that they have the right personnel in Miami to execute this Vic Fangio defense or is that a weakness that the Bills might be able to exploit on Sunday? Well, frankly, it's hard to tell because the Dolphins are averaging like 50 points a week. So, I mean, you know, me and you could play defense on that team. We'd probably be fine. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I want to see them now, you know, against the Patriots when they needed to have a game, you know, that was 24-17 and, and, and New England scored last. So the, the Miami defense did their job in that game. And, you know, no matter what, I mean, both offenses are pretty good in this one, but the defenses are going to have to make some plays. So we'll see. I mean, I would imagine that, you know, with any new coordinator, and again, with, with that much of a, a philosophy change, there's going to be some issues, especially early in the season. So you might see some mistakes, um, but the Dolphins are pretty talented defense. You know, I mean, they're not, they're not terrible. You know, I think your rankings are probably reasonable, at least putting Miami at the bottom, Miami defense. But, uh, you know, they, they've got uh, Bradley Chubb and Christian Wilkins up front. I think their linebacker is underrated. Xavier and Howard uh, and Javon Holland are really good in the secondary. So it's not like they, they don't have anybody on that defense. So they, they will have their own ability to make plays on that side of the ball as well. That Brown News 8, uh, our guest here in the sports bar, talking about the Bills and Dolphins, 1 o'clock kickoff on Sunday. Thad, your thoughts uh, on Tua here? Because, yes, he is off to this fantastic start, but 
still, you don't have to go back that far. I mean, just less than two seasons ago, it was Tua. Oh, my gosh, they're actually trying to trade him here for Deshaun Watson, and that fell through. And then let me go back to the the next offseason. Hey, we're going to bring in Tom Brady, and then that fell apart. And they even go to where we are right now. He doesn't have a contract. Like, there's some doubt there in Miami, or else they would have given him the money. And I'm sure that has to deal with, okay, can you last the whole season? But but your thoughts here on, on Tua that, boy, it just doesn't seem like the Dolphins are all in on this guy. I think all of that doubt is injury-related. I don't think there's any hesitation when it comes to play on the field. And I've been impressed with uh, Tua's ability this year to get through progressions. You know, last year he kind of got labeled as a first read or a one read quarterback, and I think he saw a lot of that. And this year, you know, watching him the last couple games, I've seen a lot of Tua very comfortable in the pocket. You can see him receiver one, receiver two, check down, receiver one, receiver two, check down. And it, when you're able to do that as a quarterback on an offense where receiver one is a lot of the time open by 15 yards to begin with, that makes you really, really good. And, and, you know, there's a good chunk of the success that's Mike McDaniel, the pieces around him. But what quarterback isn't like that? I mean, Josh Allen wasn't anything until Stephon Diggs got here. And if you took Stephon Diggs out of this offense now, there'd be big questions about how good they would be. So it always, always, always is a group effort on, you know, no matter what we're talking about in football. And the Dolphins have a really good group around Tua, but it's a, a, a group that works really well with the way Tua operates the game. So any concerns about him as a quarterback to me right now are only injury-related. If you tell me right now he's going to play the next 14 games, then I put Miami right at the same level with Buffalo at minimum going forward the rest of the year. They're going to be a headache. They're going to be really good. It's just a matter of Tua can stay on the field. So, Thad, along those lines, I, I've been contending since before the season even started that if the Bills were to fall short against Miami here in week in week four, that really it's the week 18 game that we should all have circled because that game might actually be for the AFC East when you look at the schedules and, and how tough the division has been. Do you buy into that? Do you think that, that the Bills could suffer a loss here and, and be at this point of the season essentially two games back from Miami knowing that they have a chance to redeem themselves late in the season to try and get into the playoffs? Yeah, I think, look, there's a lot of season left and, and again, you know, a lot of what Miami does hinges on how healthy Tua is. But if the Bills lose, and remember, it wouldn't just be two games back, they'd be down the tiebreaker, too. Yeah. So it's really two and a half at that point. It, it would be a tall mountain to climb, but, you know, you, you're going to be able to pick up one or even one and a half of those games in January. So all you got to do is, is, you know, outplay Miami by one game for the next 13. And there's so many things that can happen between now and then, you know. I mean, what, what quarterbacks are healthy? What team's playing well? You know, what, when, are, when are you hurt? You know, when's, what's the game where the Bills might be without Connor McGovern? Or, or what game, you know, does you know, Matt Milano miss for a couple weeks? And, and, and that changes everything up. So, look, this is not the end of the season for the Bills. I think, you know, mathematically, if they lose this game, they're, they're in a little bit of trouble. But, you know, they, they've been around long enough. They're, they're pretty battle-tested, especially in the regular season. You know, I, I wouldn't really, you know, say one make any definitive judgments about the division or the bills or the dolphins after this game but certainly this week will go a long way towards towards figuring into how all that stuff works out is the uh, most underappreciated buffalo bill actually the guy that got the honor today tyler pass like when tyler pass goes out there that i i don't even like okay yeah he's gonna make this kick here where that's not true with every team 
Yeah, I mean, he's been fantastic. Let's be fair. He, he got quite fortunate to make the kick against the Jets. You know, that thing bounces off a post a different way, and, you know, we, we might not be talking about Tyler Bass in this way, but he has been an absolute, you know, home run of a draft pick for a, a team that, you know, doesn't need to rely on their kicker, but to have that guy, you know, as a weapon to where, you know, all you got to do is get – in the vicinity of the 35 yard line and you're in scoring range and, and, you know, to be able to hit that 50 yarder, you know, down three, I mean, that was probably the biggest pressure kick of his career. And, and yeah, he got a good bounce, but it went in, it went in, you know, so the, the guy's been nails, um, you know, and maybe not Justin Tucker level, but certainly whatever the, the next group of kickers is Tyler Bass is front and center in that group, at least. Thad, we appreciate all the pregame coverage that you're giving us week in and week out as the Bills prepare to take on Miami. We know that continues on Sunday. Tell us about Buffalo Kickoff Live. Yeah, we're going to have it on on News 8. It's every week at 1130. Um, a half hour, myself, Josh Reed, a whole bunch of cast of characters, Matt Perino, Tim Graham on the show. It's, it's a whole lot of fun. Um, you know, we, we also, uh, if you're in Buffalo and happen to hear this online or whatever, you know, we're on there at uh, LNO, I think it is, the CW affiliate at 11. So it's a full hour in total, but in Rochester, we just see it from 1130 to 12. And great, great show to get started. And right on the field, I mean, last week we had Stefan Diggs' nephew doing a, a, an impromptu guest segments so you never know when stuff like that might pop up because we're right there you know right next to where the players are warming up yeah yeah young Diggs had takes there uh that i mean that you should you should invite him uh to be a regular guest there yeah we, we actually in negotiation with his agents talk his people talking to our people um <laughs> yeah i think there's a little hang up with the money but we'll, we'll get there with him i think i'm pretty confident appreciate all the work that you're doing thad doing a great job and uh thanks for the time this afternoon here in the sports bar yeah, I appreciate that, guys, and thanks for having me on. Yeah, there he is. Stab Brown, News 8 Sports, giving us his takes on Bill's Dolphins coming up here Sunday afternoon. Yeah, this is, uh, I think we're ready, right? Yeah, we've been ready since Monday on this game. We've been talking about this yeah. game. We, we didn't really talk about the comfortable win on Sunday against Washington. We just started talking. We were talking about this before the game in Washington, right? <laughs> the the, the team talking, can't do it, but we can do I it. I think in the fourth quarter, we were all like, okay, it's Miami here. Whoa, they just scored again at 63. Yeah. Oh, they just scored again. Yeah, a lot of momentum for Miami coming in, but we know that history has kind of shown that the teams that score a lot of points one week tend to come back down to earth rather hard the following week. All right, Mike Danger, I'm trying to put a smile on your face. White Sox did you a solid. They yeah. beat Arizona 3-1. Okay. to one. Okay. So right now, you're up to the standings. Uh, the Cubbies and the Marlins, uh, they're tied for the last spot. Yep. Arizona is a game and a half up now. Okay. Yeah, it's the Marlins I'm worried about. I'm not really. I think Arizona's in. Arizona's finding no, a way. No, 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 no. They play in Houston. Yeah, Houston, I, either. I, little game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm more worried about the Marlins. I'm more worried about the Cubs choking another lead against Atlanta and then having to finish the season in Milwaukee. This is bad. It's bad. Thank you for trying to, to boost my spirits, Gino. I mean, it's it's been a rough, rough September for the Chicago sports guy. I, I'm just, I'm really struggling. Maybe the Mets can actually win tonight. Do isn't, this I, isn't this ironic? Meet the Mets. Let's go, you meet spares. Stat right you up losers and meet the Mets. With nothing to play for. Do me a solid. I need it. Guaranteed to have the time of your life because the Mets are really sucking the ball. Are you into it? Are you into it because I'm into it? Yeah, listen, I'm trying to help. I, I don't like the Marlins. Who likes the Marlins? <laughs> I don't want to see the Marlins. Baseball wants the Cubs in the postseason. Uh, you think nice. they want Arizona in? You think they want the Marlins in? It would be nice. 
Uh, quickly here before we go to a break, let's just get to a couple of different headlines here from the NFL. We'll serve them up in bite-sized form, appetizer style here in the sports bar. We mentioned Tyler Bass, AFC Special Teams Player of the Month. He's been a perfect 7-for-7 seven seven on field goals, 10 out of 10 on his extra point attempts through three weeks and getting that recognition from the NFL earlier today. Uh, and speaking of the Dolphins, it will be Jalen Waddle back on the field. He wasn't on the field for that 70 point. They didn't need him for that 70 point drubbing. Uh, Tua will will have his full complement of weapons. He has cleared concussion protocol. Uh, so Jalen Waddle will be a welcome addition to the uh, Dolphins lineup this weekend. Yeah, we have uh, the news this afternoon. It became official. The XFL and the USFL are merging, mm. and this is going to be in time for 2024. And this is this is probably needed, but there's some things they got untangled. A lot of questions I have. Yeah, like some of the markets are the same. So are you folding some teams? I would imagine like they both lost big time dollars. So and you have different TV partners. So let them figure it out. I do think there is a market for spring football if somehow they can sell the NFL. Hey, can you give us a developmental player or two? Because if, if there was a Bill practice squad player on a team, well, all of a sudden we're watching if there was some sort of affiliation. You, would you be watching for Andy Isabella? Yes. In the spring? Oh, Andy Isabella playing the role of Tyreek Hill this week. Oh, all right. The X Factor. Let's the, hope he can do for the Bills uh, defense what Kingsley Jonathan did for the Bills offense uh, last, or two weeks ago, yeah, right? Playing Max Crosby. That's right. Um, hey, uh, some injury updates here. Austin Eckler um, has missed the last two weeks. High ankle sprain. He returned to practice this week, and the hope is that he would he would be um, on the field against the Raiders on Sunday. The player himself saying that it's a possibility. Now, realistically, when you look at their schedule, there's a bye week five for the Chargers. So it would make sense if they wanted to give him another week to fully heal. But the offense for the Chargers just is not the same without Austin Eckler. They're not able to run the football at all without Eckler. And if you go into that bye week at one and three, it's a little bit different than if you go into the bye week at two and two. So we'll keep an eye on that. How much did NBC play, pay Taylor Swift? <laughs> oh, wait a second. If we put this on TikTok, oh, well, oh these oh, men, yeah. they don't know what they're talking yeah, about. No, oh, everything oh, about Taylor oh. Swift is authentic and real. Just keep buying into everything that she does is authentic and real. Nothing is staged. Nothing is choreographed. She's as authentic and real. As, she didn't have a team of people. She doesn't have a, an army of people telling her where she needs to be, what she needs to be doing, everything, what she needs to say, what she needs to wear, how she needs to look. Everything about her is authentic and real. Just I, listen to her music, I'm Gene. Get lost I'm it. beginning to think this is a mutual business relationship because if you're her people, hey, you know, at some point, we got to get you a boyfriend. I don't want a boyfriend. All right, well, let's just kind of like at least the, this will give you some exposure and we'll sell you know, a bunch of whatever. You know what she did? I, it, now that I think about it, she did something last Sunday, and this is the Taylor Swift that I've experienced. What else happened last week uh, in the on the NFL's schedule? They made an announcement, big announcement. Oh, Usher. They announced that Usher was going to perform the Super Bowl <laughs> halftime show. Who has not done the Super Bowl halftime show? Taylor, Taylor Swift. Swift. And who showed up at Arrowhead the weekend that they announced Usher, who completely made Usher at the Super Bowl halftime an afterthought with one appearance, Thanos Swift. 
showing up at Arrowhead, completely made Usher disappear. That was on purpose. I I promise you that was a sign. That was a sign to Jay-Z and whoever books the Super Bowl. Like, oh, yeah, 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 it's a big announcement, right? Watch what I can do. I'm just going to show up and everybody's going to talk about me for the following week and jersey sales are going to go through the roof and your TV ratings are going to be higher than they than you could possibly imagine. I think the reaction when we heard Usher's like, oh, okay. Well, it would have been a lot hot. It would have been yeah. a lot louder if you didn't have Taylor Swift showing up at Arrowhead for the first time for an NFL game and everybody, oh my God, Taylor's in the box. She's with Kelsey's mom. It's true. She's she she leaves these little crumbs for her fans to follow along and in little cryptic messages. It's like you're in Lord of the Rings with with Taylor Swift and her Swifties. So where does she sit? She's in a box at MetLife with who? Again, oh, it's Mom, Kelsey's mom again. Mama Kelsey. Yeah. 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 She's got to give that impression. Ooh. that They're tight. Now, we can't bet on this sort of stuff. Ten. Ten cutaways? Ten cutaways for Taylor. Is oh, that- at least. You would go over. I would on take that. the over on that. Absolutely, they're going to plaster her on their TV screens. Absolutely, ten mentions for Collinsworth, uh, Taylor, mm. Taylor. Yeah, I, I probably would take the over on that as well. Yeah, I'm not going to bet against Taylor Swift. I will not do it. Good. That's just another reason why I don't need to tune in. I think that Sunday night is going to be marital maintenance night danger, like movie, <laughs> Netflix. Negotiation. Yeah, like we don't yeah. need to watch football. I don't need to watch the crummy Jets and Taylor Swift. Yeah, well, look, her appearance will be a shot in the arm for the viewership. Millions of Swifties will be tuning in for Sunday night football just upon hearing the news that she'll be present at MetLife as her Chiefs and Travis Kelsey take on the hapless Jets. No Aaron Rodgers, no problem. Taylor Swift to the rescue. Oh, you know now Aaron Rodgers is going to want to show up on the sideline or something. Like, I need my time, too. Here, thirsty, right? thirsty yes. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, he wasn't. Was it, Has Aaron Rodgers been around? No, he'll be there Sunday night. Yeah. You watch. Yeah, that's good. Uh, there you go. Some news and notes from the NFL. Appetizers in the sports bar. Happy hour coming up next. Our 5 o'clock hour features a round of shots and last call. You can join us at 866-4326. 866-4FAN here in the sports bar. Danger and Bataglia, the fan Rochester. Odyssey has sports for every fan. Keep up with your favorite teams from across the country and get the inside scoop from experts. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Odyssey. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. 
Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.